Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School. We welcome you to come on in today and get built up in faith. What happens in Faith School? Anybody remember? It's where my spirit gets fed. It's where my faith grows stronger. It's where I learn how to be an overcomer. Do not identify as a victim. Uh, even if you something bad has happened to you, that was then. You are an overcomer. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to let that be your identity going forward. No, anything that has happened, you can overcome it. Hallelujah. And come out on the other side and be free from it. And don't talk about, you know, you, you hear sometimes people say, well, we're all just broken individuals. Not me. No, sir, no, ma'am. And, and I've had some stuff happen. You know, I'm, I mean, I could tell some stories. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the reason I'm not broken is because I've been healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter what damage has happened to you, you don't have to live with it for the rest of your life. And you don't have to just keep rehashing. And you know, wounds won't heal if you keep reopening them. If you keep uh, you know, displaying them and showing them to other people how you're hurt. Whatever healing had happened, if you say, hey, let me show you how badly I was hurt. And you go reopen it. Well, what would you do? You just undid the healing that had been happening there. No, you got to let the Lord pour in the oil and wine and then you got to quit talking about it and you got to forgive people and you got to receive forgiveness and you got to let him heal the broken heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to let him. Can he? Can he? Yes. Somebody say, yeah, but you don't know what happened. Yeah, but do you know how big God is? I'm telling you, he can heal anything to the point where it no longer limits you. It no longer hinders your personality or your being or your life. Just because something bad happened doesn't mean it has to govern your future or has to, you know, warp you or shape you somehow. There is forgiveness. There is healing. There is cleansing. God does miracles. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the inner man and the outer man, in the soul and the mind. Do you believe it, child yes. of God? You don't have to go through life broken. He was broken. Jesus was broken. So you could be whole. By his stripes, by his wounds, by his bruises, we were and are healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, say it out loud, class. I have a healer. The great physician. He makes me whole. He makes me Inside and, out. Inside and out. I don't live, live. broken hearted or broken, broken at all. 
He makes me sound, he makes me sound and, strong and strong and able, and able for his service. service. Hallelujah. For his service, for his purposes. Glory to God. Father, we receive these things. We rejoice in these things. And we're glad about it. Thank you for making it so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look please again at our text that we've been looking at for a few weeks now. On this series we're calling Faith That Overcomes. In 1 John 5th chapter, 4th verse says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. That doesn't sound like being defeated and broken. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If you're born of God, you're not a victim, you're a victor. You're not overcome, you're overcomer. And the way you do it It's not by giving up and quitting and feeling sorry for yourself. That's not the spirit of faith. The way you overcome all of this is by faith, even your faith. In Romans 10, he talks about being born of God. When you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, and this will happen for anybody that will believe on him and call on him, And then it goes into detail in verse uh, 14, 15, about how that happens, about how you can't call on someone you don't believe in, and you can't believe in somebody you've never heard about, and you can't hear about it unless somebody tells you about it, somebody preaches it, and they can't preach it unless they're anointed and sent to do it. And he says, verse 15, latter part, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the good, the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That's a definition of the gospel. Glad tidings. Tidings is a word for news or a word for report. And you'll see that word report comes up again and again in the next couple of verses. So the gospel is the good report. What is a report? Somebody said, I thought it was good news. Same thing. When you watch the news, what do you hear? Somebody giving a report, right? The, The reporters found out something and somebody's announcing the report on the news. So the gospel is the good report. He goes on to say, verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the good report the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So he's using gospel and report interchangeably. And in verse 17, in the Young's literal translation, it says, so then faith comes by a report. And the report by the word of God or by what God has said, God's report. You get faith when you hear God's good news report. That's how you get the faith to be born again. That's how you get faith to, to believe and to call on him and be saved. See, I'm, I'm, we're tracking it backwards now up the, up the scriptures. So it's also, you don't just get born again by faith. You live by faith. You walk by faith. But again, how are you going to get this faith? It comes by hearing the good report, the glad 
report or news of the good things that our good God has done for us. Now the scripture tells us also in Romans here that it's the goodness of God, his goodness and kindness that leads people to change, to repentance, draws them to him. Not, not just the fear of judgment. That's the thing many have not understood. You can preach, don't do it, but people do preach condemnation and judgment and folks will be impacted by it. They, they will be shaken. Sometimes people will cry and they will feel bad and much of the time will not change. They, will, they'll feel, they already felt bad about it before you told them. <laughs> and many times people know they're in trouble and they know they're not going the wrong way, but that doesn't give you the power and the motivation to change. Actually, in condemnation, there's death. But in the gospel, which is good news, there's life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Liberty and life and freedom. But you got to choose to believe the good news. Now that might sound a simple, like a simple thing and like who wouldn't believe the good news. But the truth is most of the world has rejected God's good report. And it costs you. It can rob you of eternal life itself. We saw in Numbers 13, you can turn there again if you would, this stark contrast between a good report and a bad report or evil report. When the 12 spies came from searching the land and they said, that's good land, nevertheless, but giants, walled cities, no way can we take it. So in other words, it doesn't matter how good it is or, or how nice the fruit is and all like that. We'll never enjoy it because we can't take it. Caleb, who was one of the 12 to spy out the land in verse 30, Numbers 13, 30, he stilled the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Where did he get this energy? Where, where did he get this optimism. Where? The gospel. Oh, come on, class, are you? What do you mean? What is the gospel? The good report. Did they have a good report? Yeah, we went through it in detail. We saw it in Deuteronomy chapter 1, 6, 8, 10, 11. God went into all this. I mean, he started telling them back at the burning bush. He, right? He told Moses about the good land that flowed with milk and honey. This is the good report of the good things of God's good will, his good plan. That's where Caleb is getting this. Because that to him is the final word. That to him is the final authority. And it doesn't make any difference if they've got... Uh, you know, Tyrannus Rex over here. Is that right? <laughs> it, he ain't bigger than God. Is that right? Ain't nobody bigger than God. And that's what he and Joshua said in the very next chapter. They said, look, God is with us. Do you not understand this? And their defense, 
is gone. They are bread for us. And, and actually, in the original languages here, it's a play on the words. Because the, the, the ten spies giving the bad report, they said, the land will eat you up. And when they say, no, they're bread for us, they say, we will eat them up. <laughs> what do you do with bread? Exactly. Right? Right? Pete, we say piece of cake. What do you do with a piece of cake? You're going to eat that cake up. Eat it up. And they said, oh, no, no, they will eat you up. And, and Joshua and Caleb said, uh-uh, we're going to eat them up. Why? Because they don't even have any defense. They got no God. I don't care if you're 10 feet tall. God's a lot bigger than 10 feet tall. Can you see their, their enthusiasm, their confidence, their peace, their joy is faith. And how did they get faith? Faith comes by hearing a report and the report of what God said. What is that good report of the good things God said? That's the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation yes. to everyone that believes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I've preached myself happy <laughs> again. Mm, mm -mm. We studied yesterday, we looked at verses that God is good. We saw multiple places in Psalms. We saw in Samuel where the Spirit of God through David said, uh, yeah, even, I'm paraphrasing, even though you might deserve this uh, act of vengeance and death, I, my hand will not touch you because evil comes out of evil. So whether you deserve it and whatever's going to happen to you will happen, and you'll be judged, but it won't be my hand that does it, because evil comes from evil. Now, there's a whole lot of people trying to tell us that God does good and evil. And if you say, well, yeah, but I, then I don't understand some scriptures that talk about some of those things. Well, that has to do with judgment, that judgment that allows evil to happen. But that doesn't mean it's God's will. And it doesn't mean that it pleases him. And his will is always good. And if it came from him, it will always be good. Because like we saw in 1 John uh, 1, 5, uh, God is light. Uh, other translations say pure light. And in him is no darkness at all. Other translations say none we says not even a particle, none at all. What does that mean? If something bad it happened to you, it wasn't God. Now, people don't like it that simple. They go, ah, oh, now, come on, you know, Brother Keith, don't you understand that God in his wisdom, he, he does some things that we don't understand. And No, see, you're calling evil good. And you're calling good evil. And the scripture said, woe unto you that do that. And you're calling light darkness and darkness light. No. What was God's will for them? Come on, help me out. And, and, and why is this recorded in such detail? And we're told in the New Testament, look at this. These are examples for you. Why? Why? These are natural graphic pictures of the will of God that is unchanging. Mm 
What was his will? Get you out of bondage. Hallelujah. Set you free from being lorded over and oppressed and mistreated and abused and misused. Get you out. Get you healed up so that there's none feeble among all your tribes. Put money in your pocket. Hallelujah. Said they came out with silver and gold and then take you to a place he has personally selected. Hallelujah. Full of goodly houses, full of goodly furniture, beauty and peace and rest and abundance. You'll have no scarcity of any good thing. Plenty of silver and gold and crops and, and food and abundance and possessions. And you start, you talk like this and they go, oh, y'all are that prosperity bunch. Prosperity preacher. I'm quoting Bible, dear heart. Bible. <laughs> Bible is what you call that. And God is the God of abundance. Amen. He's never changed. He doesn't play favorites and say, no, you know, I want you to be poor. Sorry, but poor is my will for you. You, I'm going to let you be crazy rich. <laughs> I don't know. I just like you. And <laughs> we really think God is this fickle? Huh? No. God never changes. Ever. If he was that way then, he's the same way now. He'll be the same way in the future forever. What did he want for him? Goodness. Goodness. You know, when uh, Moses, uh, after, you know, interacting with God and seeing some of the amazing things he saw, he wanted to see more. And that's how it is with God. You, you get a glimpse of him and experience with him you are an addict now <laughs> to goodness. And he said to him, he said, Lord, show me your glory. I mean, I'm seeing things here and there, but you know, just take the blinders off and, and let me see the full, show me your glory. And uh, the Lord said, uh, I'm going to paraphrase Buddy, you can't take it. You can't, you, can't, you can't handle that. That's too much glory. He said, and you can't see my face because that's where the fullness of the glory emanates is from his face. And he said, you, you, can't, you can't handle that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in a place where you'll be protected. And I'll put my hand and I'll pass by and then I'll let you see some of me. Not all, not the front. You can see a little bit of the back. And um, I will show you my goodness. Oh, come on. Did you hear that word? I will show you. Now, hold on, hold on. I thought he asked to see his glory. He did. Well, why did he tell him he's going to show him his goodness? Because that is his glory. Oh, class, are y'all awake? What is the glory of God? It is the goodness of God that is His glory. When, when you see His light and the shining and the emanations of power, you know what that light is? It's goodness light. It's goodness glory. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's always been that way and it will always be that way. And anybody that tries to say that this kind of almighty goodness God sent an evil stinking disease on you to eat up your insides and distort you and, and tear your body apart and kill you. He doesn't have such evil stuff. Where would he get it? He, is that going to come out of him? That he's going to put, no, mm -mm. that comes uh, apart from his presence, outside of his presence, where the evil one is working and lurking. But even if you get into trouble like that, run to his presence, call on him, the power of his glory and goodness can burn out these evil things, can drive them out. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. It says they slandered the good land and they brought up the evil report about it. And um, the question is, like we've been saying, can evil come out of good? We, we gave you numerous scriptures yesterday, but I want to give you even some more today. Go to Matthew, the seventh chapter. What does it mean they brought up an evil report of the land? They slandered the land. The, the NIV says, they said the land devours those living in it. Another one said, it, it will destroy those who live in it. They said the land will kill you. It will destroy you. It will devour you. What did God say? It'll bless you. It'll, it'll renew you. It'll feed you. It'll restore you. They said, uh-uh, no. And even then, they got it in their mind, like we said from Deuteronomy 1. They said, no, what happens here? God hates us. And he brought us out here to kill us. See, are they trying to say uh, through their wisdom of their own eyes, we figured this out. And really, God had a bad plan for us the whole time. Oh man, there are volumes written on this about why bad things happen to people and, and all kind of these goofy ideas and you'll find again and again, they're not based on any scripture, some, something somebody came up with wise in their own eyes. They're figuring it out, you know, yeah. Uh, and, and, and many of them you see, you can tell they don't know God at all or they wouldn't talk about him like that. You know, my dad, who's in heaven now, he's a man, he made mistakes, but he's a good man. And so you come telling me evil stuff that you imagine he did, you're not going to bless me, right? You're not going to make a friend out of me. You're talking about my dad, and I know him, and I know he didn't do that kind of stuff, right? How much more? Our perfect father. Hallelujah. You don't have to just nod your head when somebody says stupid stuff. Now, you don't get into a fight. I don't mean that. But you can make simple statements and then walk away. <laughs> like I said, mm-mm, that's not him. He didn't do that. See it. <laughs> don't get into a fight. But you don't have to go along with it at all. In Matthew 7, you'll notice this. He, we had found out evil comes out of evil. Wickedness proceeds from the wicked, and certainly God is not that way. In Matthew 7, verse 
9, what man is there of you if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? No. If you then, being evil or bad, know how to give good things to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give what? Good things to them that ask him. Skip on down to verse uh, um, 16. He said, you'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? What's the answer to that? No. Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Now get this, verse 18. Who's talking here? Anybody remember? Jesus, the head of the church. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. It can't come out of it. Neither can a corrupt tree, that, that word can also be translated evil or bad tree, bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, whereby, wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Can evil come out of good? It cannot. Can a, can a bad tree produce good fruit? It can't, which is why the devil cannot bless you. Impossible. Well, can evil come out of good? A good tree produce poisonous evil fruit? Can't happen, which is why evil can't come out of God. Come on, can you see that? He is good. He is light. In him is no darkness, no evil, no bad at all. And the gospel is the good news of the good things. And our time's up again. Wow. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. There's much more to see here. Come back with us next week. We'll see you again soon here in Faith School. I've enjoyed being with you again this week. On every Friday, I like to uh, speak increase over our partners. I know many of you are partners with us. We couldn't do this without you. If you're interested in partnership, the information is on your screen there. But you notice that we've been talking about the good report. And sometimes people have struggled with, you know, does God want me to have plenty? Does he want my bills paid? Well, of course he does. Uh, Matthew 6 talks about, uh, verse 32, it says, Your father knows that you have need of all these things. didn't say you might not need them, you just don't know well enough. It said he knows you need them. And in Philippians it says, My God shall supply all your needs. It is God's will for you to have all your needs met, all your bills paid, and especially partners with us, we have a right to believe with you. So right now, in Jesus' name, I call extra coming into your life to pay your bills, to get caught up. I say be increased, be enlarged. I call every bill paid. I call every debt paid off. You are blessed in the name of the Lord, and I call your needs met. Hallelujah. Keep feeding your faith and it'll push the doubts out. 
We'll see you again soon back here at Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.